Game Quest is brought to you by Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store, focusing on natural products and organic remedies for a variety of ailments. Visit one of the four locations located in Gallenberg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, and the newest location in Knoxville at 8018 Kingston Pike across from the Trader's Joe. You can also buy online at the website at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. Smoky Mountain Organics features the best brands and CBD products, bath and body care items, organic teas, and have the largest selection of plant therapy essential oils in Tennessee, plus many more items. New sponsor promotion includes if you go in there to one of their in-store locations, again, in Gallagher, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, or in Knoxville, and you mentioned VolQuest, you'll get 15% off your total purchase price. Again, that's 15% off your total purchase price by mentioning VolQuest. That's on in-store purchases only. Hey, it's time for GameQuest, your South Carolina edition. It starts now. It's another game day for Tennessee football and first-year head coach Josh Heupel. Get in the know with GameQuest, a VolQuest pregame podcast with Ben McKee and Eric Kane. Game Quest starts now. Welcome to Game Quest and happy game day, everybody. Tennessee takes on South Carolina today at noon Eastern. It's a game that you know Tennessee needs to have. It's a game that Tennessee's favored by double figures. Um, it's you know you're you're going to be at home. You get the black jerseys. You're honoring Al Wilson. Ben, it's setting up to be a, a fun day on Rocky Top here today, my friend. And uh, welcome into it. It is game day. Uh, overall thoughts, excitements. Yeah, this is this should be a fun day for Tennessee fans all across uh, the state of Tennessee. Should be, should be. Hopefully, the the final score dictates most of the fun because there are a, a lot of activities game. set up for this game that that should make it a, a really fun atmosphere. But we all know that that final score can erase the the good vibes pretty quickly. But uh, aside from the final score. It, it should be a really fun day. Al Wilson, the center of attention, in my opinion. I know the black jerseys are going on, but uh, Al Wilson just embodies everything that it means to be a Tennessee volunteer. And to hear the stories from his teammates about just how great of a leader he was for that 98 national championship team and just hear how close that that team still is because of Al Wilson being the ringleader and, and keeping those guys together. It's, it's really cool. It's really cool. And uh, aside from him being a great ambassador for Tennessee, I mean, he's one of the greatest football players to ever play at Tennessee and just an unbelievable story, uh, a Tennessean coming up in Jackson, Tennessee and signing with Tennessee in, in 1995 and coming over and having a historic a career for the Volunteers, had a great pro career with the Broncos, just everything that you want in a leader and an ambassador. And it'll be really cool to see him honored and to for to see him lead the Vol Walk. I'm actually going to try to get there early enough to, to watch him walk down the Vol Walk. I, I think that's going to be really, really cool. And uh, it, it'll be cool to see the intensity on his face during the Vol Walk. I, I imagine he'll treat it as if he – as if he's about to play, and at the rate Tennessee's going in the linebacker room, I'm I'm sure they'd love to have him out there on the field in his 27th. So it, it'll be really cool. And then the black jerseys just just add an extra umph to to the atmosphere. And I know it's South Carolina. I know it's a, a noon game, but Tennessee hit it out of the park with those black jerseys. They they look awesome. I was kind of 
weary about what the black jerseys would look like with a white helmet. And because of the details that Tennessee went in and added to the helmet to, to add a, the black face mask and a little black stripe, uh, just add, add some black to the detail of the helmet. I think the helmet goes perfectly with the uniform and I think Tennessee knocked those out of the park. So yes, Kaner, happy game day. It, it should be a fun day for the Vols all the way around. Yeah. I think Tennessee will take out Wilson any year, regardless of what this <laughs> linebacker situation looks like. And yeah, well, I, I don't want to spend this whole podcast talking about the black jerseys. We, we've given it enough t- attention all week long, but kind of on that note, um, I, I'm I'm so in the I, I know a lot of people listening right now, you know, also probably heard me on the starting lineup this week talk about it and on my podcast. I, I, I'm so in the minority here, it's not even funny. Like I'm not against it whatsoever. I'm not one hundred percent for it whatsoever. I just I couldn't care less. I literally couldn't care less whatsoever. I've never been shocking, right? I'm not the I'm not the flash guy ever. I wasn't when I played. I'm not now. Don't care. I think the jerseys look sharp. I think they look really, really cool. Um you know, was I ever pushing for black jerseys? No. Am I ever pushing for the smoky grays? No, because I literally don't care. But I think these jerseys look good. And the thing about it is this is not the final product. I mean, Josh Heupel made it, I mean, kind of kind of clear the other day that, you know, this is this is what this is what Tennessee could get done right now. And this is not exactly what they wanted, but this is what they have, and they're ready to rock it out. And, and as far as the white helmet, I like it. I love the black stroke on the orange power tee. A lot of people don't like it. I love the black face mask. A lot of people are saying, oh, look at Missouri out there. Well, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I think Missouri looks good. Uh, I, I think these jerseys look really, really good. I think the helmets look good. I don't think they're done. I think there's still going to be a bunch of different combinations in the year, years to come, including a black helmet. Couldn't get in because of supply chain issues, and, and that happened with COVID. Um, but it's something the players wanted. The players are super excited. And, oh, yeah, it's recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. At the end of the day, don't matter what you and I think, brother. It's all about what these kids think, and they love it. So um, a show is what I'm expecting here coming up later uh, at noon uh, Eastern time whenever Tennessee takes on South Carolina. You look at the South Carolina team, Ben, and again, I've been preaching Tennessee can't afford to let this be a trap game. Trap game because it's got all the makings for a trap game. Wilson, Al Wilson's being recognized, the black jerseys, yada, yada. It is what it is, but uh, the SEC opener. You know, South Carolina is just not a good football team any way you want to spin it. Um, you know, defensively, they've been fine, but I think some of the stats are really skewed because you have played Georgia, you have played Kentucky, but you've also played Eastern Illinois, East Carolina, and Troy. And the defense has showed out. Got to give them credit in a lot of those games. They have three pick sixes. They're averaging 17 points a game, and that's including a 40-point blowout from Georgia. But I think some of those stats are skewed. But at the end of the day, offensively, Ben, this team is struggling to sustain drives. This team is struggling to put points on the board when it gets on the plus side of the field. The, the numbers, when you break it down with uh, Luke Doty, you know, led drives on the plus side of the 50 are astronomically bad. Uh, this, this offense cannot get anything going on the ground with Kevin Harris. It's a struggle. And I expect Tennessee, even though and we'll talk about it later, some injury concerns, I expect Tennessee to take advantage of this today. South Carolina is not a good football team. Nope. The, they're not as bad defensively as Missouri. Nowhere but close. I still think there's Nowhere an opportunity close. to have success on the ground uh, against South Carolina's defense today if if you're if you're Tennessee. Uh, South Carolina just this past weekend against Troy uh, allowed Troy to to run wild, average 4.68 yards per carry 
when in the three games prior for Troy, it rushed for fewer than 68 yards against Liberty, Southern Miss, and Louisiana Monroe. And in those three games against those opponents, Troy averaged 2.91 yards per carry, and then they turn around and average 4.68 yards per carry against South Carolina. So uh, I, I think that this is a South Carolina defense that has some holes in it. They, they're already, without Sherrod Green, they're, they're best, the linebacker, the, the heart and soul, the, the leader of that defense. He suffered an ankle injury against Georgia on like the second play of the game two weeks ago, and he's going to be out, if not the entire season, most of the season. I mean, he may come back at the very end, but Sherrod Green, again, was the, the leader of that defense, the heart and soul at middle linebacker. Uh, he will not be playing tomorrow. They have one guy that that should worry uh, Alex Golish and, and Josh Heupel, and in my opinion, Kingsley Inekbara, the yep. senior who was All-SEC first team uh, last year, uh, the best NFL prospect on their roster. Uh, he is He's really good at getting – to the quarterback and uh, he plays that buck position for South Carolina and uh, whether he's lined up over Darnell Wright or Kay Mays, those, those guys are going to be going to have to be ready to, to go because that is going to be the matchup that that could ruin some things for Tennessee. But with the way that Hendon Hooker is, is so efficient through the air and, and so efficient on the ground right now and Tyon Evans and the offensive line finding some confidence against Missouri, even without Cooper Mays, I think Tennessee's offense should have success against South Carolina. Will they have 450-something rushing yards? Probably not. That, that's the, the third highest total in school history. So I, That's I not going to happen. That. That's not <laughs> right. going to happen again this year. That's not going to happen again next year. I know Vandy. It may happen against happen. Vandy. But 452 yards on the ground. I'm going to say no, but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? It, all, all I'm saying, Vandy's that bad to where it would not surprise me. That, that's that's my point. Um, but Tennessee should be able to run for 250-ish against South Carolina. I, I think that is absolutely possible. And quite frankly, I, I think it will happen. And we're, we're talking about the running defense for South Carolina. They're, they're not all that great against the pass either. They, they may be a little bit better. They've got Jalen Foster, a former walk-on, uh, who is – I think he's at four interceptions so yeah, far this season, four or five. And uh, he, he is somebody to keep an eye on at free safety. But even the safety spot next to him at strong safety, uh, R.J. Roderick, he'll miss the first half of the game today because he was ejected for targeting uh, last, last week against Troy in the second half. So – uh, I didn't even dive into to the offense for South Carolina, but defensively for South Carolina, I think there's a lot of plays for Tennessee to be made, Eric. Yeah, we'll stay there. I mean, you brought up a couple of names. I always love giving, giving the little guys love, man. Former walk-on, just put on scholarship. Not only is he leading – he got put on scholarship in 2020. Not only is he leading the team in tackles, but also four interceptions. That's Jalen Wright at free safety. You mentioned Roderick is the uh, the strong safety there. Uh, their star player is a guy, David Spalding, had a 74-yard interception return for a touchdown. One of three pick sixes on the season for South Carolina. I mean, that, that's that, that's really, really solid. Now, none of those have come to, uh, among uh, in the ball games against Georgia and Kentucky. They all came against Eastern Illinois, East Carolina, and Troy. But still, still three pick sixes in a season just in general is, is pretty solid. So, I'm um, already through five games. 
on the linebackers, you mentioned their best ones out. But you got fifth-year guy Brad Johnson and uh, Damini Staley, who has two interceptions from linebacker spot. That's impressive. You mentioned Anagbar, who's a, who's a talented player. And then you also got Zach Pickens up front that's uh, going to be a test as well. But um, 17.4 points per game. Again, I think those stats are skewed because you play three outside the power five. You mentioned the pass defense. 160 is what they're giving up through the air. So it's actually not bad at all. 140 is ninth. 140 against the run is ninth in the SEC. They gave up 230 on the ground against Kentucky. They gave up 146 to Troy last week. So I agree with you. Uh, Tennessee's going to have opportunity to run the football. Um, there are obviously health concerns. Not expecting Cooper Mays or Kingston Harris to be to be available for this football game. So looks like it's going to be the same five that Tennessee's kind of rolled out there the majority of this year. And Ollie Lane at left, or at least uh, the last couple of weeks, Ollie Lane at left guard and, and Jerome Carvin at center. Uh, there's some health concerns in the tailback and the running back field with Jabari Small, Lenith Whitehead, Jalen Wright. Um, I think those guys are going to be healthy enough to give it a go. So that will help Tyon Evans for sure, because you don't want it to be just a one man show. It works better when you've got uh, a couple of guys that depend on, but I think Tennessee can run this football. And, and you you said it as well. I mean, Hendon Hooker, he's the way he's seeing the field right now, the way he's protecting the football. I mean, that that it's it's been dynamite for Tennessee. You know, Tennessee's going to go out there and try to go tempo, tempo, tempo. It's going to smack South Carolina in the face, just like teams often feel like in the first drive, first couple of drives of the game. That's why Tennessee has gotten off to good starts because again, it takes a while to get just to the tempo. You know they're going to take a shot with Javante Payton within the first five plays. Okay, they've done that the last three games, and it's paid off. Um, so I expect Tennessee to come out and uh, you know to t- take this game over and 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 get ready to roll kind of early on. It's a base four two five defense for Missouri. Excuse me, for well, it was for Missouri until they shifted to a three three stack uh, for South Carolina, and the defensive coordinator is uh, you know Clayton White. But offensively, I know you say you didn't really dive into the numbers too much, but it's an offense that I think eventually can be okay. It's just kind of had bad luck. Luke Doty, of course, had the foot injury. He's working his way back in. His mobility has been kind of impacted. He's starting to get it back just a little bit, um, but he's he's been really hindered this year. He's thrown at 58%, which is not solid. Three touchdowns, one interception. But the thing about this offense is you brought back Kevin Harris, Ben. Okay, Kevin Harris, one of the best running backs in, in, the, in the league last year. And because of an offseason surgery that kept him out of camp, because of a sickness that uh, allowed him to miss – a couple of weeks of the season, he really only got back for the East Carolina game and he's slowly, but surely trying to get his footing back. And so far it's not been there. He does lead the team with a, a team high 46 attempts on the season, but technically he's third in rushing yards. The overall, the Florida state transfers to Quandra whites or yeah, it's a Quandra whites. The only guy that has a rushing touchdown this year, the rush offense has been just horrible for South Carolina and because of it, the, the the offense overall, the passing game and everything else involved, just not able to get going. Yeah, I, I think it's a South Carolina offense that just lacks talent. I, I just don't think it's very good. And I expect Tim Banks's defense to have its best performance of the season. Uh, I, I just, outside of Kevin Harris, who hasn't been able to get it going this season, they, they lack talent. I think Luke Dowdy has natural athleticism, but – this is only his fifth start, and he, he's still young in, in terms of being a, a collegiate quarterback. Uh, and on top of being young, he's dealing with a foot injury that cost him the first two games of the season and limits what he does best, and that's utilizing his athleticism. So quarterback doesn't scare you, at least it doesn't for me. They don't have any receivers on the perimeter 
that that make you worried. I, I wouldn't be. Josh Van is uh, he, he's our deep target. He's averaging twenty one yards per reception. But outside of him, really, you know, no one else has been super impressive so far. Yeah, if if I'm Tim Banks or Willie Martinez, I'm I'm not losing sleep over any South Carolina receivers tonight. I, I do think tight end is a potential uh, bugaboo for Tennessee if it's not locked in. South Carolina likes to go uh, play action quite a bit. They like to try to run the ball on first and second down, and uh, depending on the yardage, then they they like to throw out uh, play action on third and medium, the third and short, or, or even second and medium, second and short if if first down is successful. And Nick Muse is a NFL tight end. He will play in the NFL. Uh, they they have another interesting tight end prospect on Jaheim their roster. Bell. Behind Nick Muse, not even Jaheim Bell for me, but EJ Jenkins, the redshirt senior who's a, a transfer from St. Francis, which was a, a D3 school in Pennsylvania, six foot seven, 242 pounds. I mean, he, he has the physique to be a, a really good football player, um, just a, a really big target. And he runs well for that six, seven frame. And you saw him catch a touchdown last week against Troy. And, and you throw in Jaheim Bell. You mentioned him, the the sophomore. Uh, he only entered the season with one career catch, but he he kind of has that athleticism that that coaches like to try and find in tight ends nowadays. So but still between uh, the Muse, two, I was going to say between the two, Bell and Muse. I mean, they have a combined fourteen catches this year, and, and that's a position to where Shane Beamer said coming at SEC Media Day is, "Hey, we're going to go through our tight ends, and, and why not? Muse is a really great talent, but." They've got a couple of touchdowns. I'll give them that. They amongst the three of them, they have three touchdowns, which is not nothing. Um, but they have not targeted those guys hardly at all. I thought they were going to be a much bigger part of the offense so far. Yeah. So though those are the guys that that I would have circled if I'm Tennessee. And you, you do have to circle those backs that you talked about. Kevin Harris, the SEC's leading returning rusher from a season ago. You mentioned it dealt with uh, back surgery over the offseason. And then when he finally came back, uh, dealt with, with an illness that kept him out a week or two. Don't know this for sure, but kind of sounded like he dealt with COVID based off of Shane Beamer's remarks. And then on top of him coming back, when he's finally good to go against ECU, you, you've got to shuffle in and out some offensive linemen, and, and they're not really doing their job all that well. So just been an unfortunate start to the season for Kevin Harris uh, you've got Zaquandre White, the Florida State transfer that you talked about. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd, the redshirt freshman, uh, who was a, a big-time player coming out of high school, five-star, supposedly going to be the next Marshawn Lattimore. And he's been slowed down by a torn ACL. Uh, and then you also have Juju McDowell, a, a true freshman who's looked good this season. So I do think South Carolina has four really good backs, but their offensive line has has been an issue this season. They lost Sidarius Hutcherson to the NFL. He's with the Buccaneers right now. And uh, he, he's been a big loss because South Carolina has struggled at left guard and Vershawn Lee and Jalen Nichols has had to rotate in and out at that left guard position. Uh, doesn't look like Jalen Nichols is, is going to play this weekend because he suffered an ankle injury last week against Troy. So it'll be the sophomore for Sean Lee at left guard. But um, that, that offensive line has, has struggled. Uh, they haven't been able to run the football. As you mentioned, their rushing offense ranks 103rd in the country at 121.2 rushing yards per game. And they haven't rushed for a touchdown since the season opener. So again, I, I expect Tim Banks' defense to have its best performance of the season because I don't see a lot of, a lot of talent on, on this South Carolina offense. And, and I think it's really discombobulated. 
They commit a ton of penalties. They're tied for 114th nationally in penalties per game. And I know that's just not an offensive stat, but uh, a team stat, but uh, it's, it's been a bugaboo for the offense as well. They struggle to finish drives or, or score touchdowns, period. Against Troy, they finished seven of eight drives in Troy territory, but walked away with just one touchdown. And South Carolina hasn't scored more than one offensive touchdown against an FBS team this season. They struggle on third down. They're 99th in the country on third down. They're best just weapon. 35% of the time. I mean, they, they've got issues, Cannon. And the last thing I'll throw out for you, and you can have it back, they've been dealing with those offensive line issues all season, and it's led to uh, 12 sacks. 12 sacks in, what is it, five games now, which is 2.4 per game, 86th worst in the country. So this offense just has a lot of deficiencies. Their best weapon is their kicker and, and Parker White. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he, he's, he's been dynamite. I mean, he was – without their kicker last week, you lose. I mean, you do. Um, he's got three game winners, and he's perfect on the season. Yeah, he's nine for nine on the season. He's got a long of fifty four. He drilled uh, three in the in the game against Troy. And go go back to your point about the offense scoring only one touchdown against an FBS opponent all season or whatever, or not more than one touchdown. South Carolina scored one touchdown against Troy last weekend. Troy. I mean, come on. I know LSU lost to Troy a couple of years ago, but goodness, like it's like you know what, what are you what are you doing here? I mean that that says a lot to me. I mean. South Carolina needed a pick six and three field goals from Parker White to squeak out a win in the second half there against Troy last week. That's how bad this team's struggling right now. So, I mean, I think it's pretty apparent that Josh Heupel is a little bit further along in his rebuild at Tennessee than where Shane Beamer is in his rebuild at South Carolina. And we can debate this till we're blue in the face about which roster was worse. I mean, Tennessee might, I mean, Tennessee's got every opportunity to say, hey, this roster was way worse when Josh Heupel took over. Because of the I don't think so and all that, but South Carolina's was bad too. To my point, South Carolina's was really bad. Yeah, I I, I think Shane Beamer's had the the worst roster. They they because Tennessee has talent in its starting twenty two. It, it's just that the depth is is non existent, and none. South yeah. Carolina doesn't have any talent in its starting lineup, and it doesn't have depth. Yeah, well, it's two two really bad football teams this offseason. Two football teams that are not you know, not, not, not great right now, certainly, but I think Josh Heupel, his work so far has come a little bit further along than what Shane Beamers has so far. But I think that I, I know in talking with people in Columbia this week, they said, Hey, this, this weekend's game is going to tell us a lot about kind of where we are in terms of the rebuild with Shane Beamer. And I think it'll say a lot about Josh Heupel as well. This is one of those games. And Austin and I talked about on the post game pod at Missouri uh, on Saturday that, that Tennessee's got to get back to winning consistently and, you know, against Kentucky, against Missouri, against South Carolina, against Vanderbilt, Tennessee, typically still, even in the brutal 2020 season, you, you win those football games, right? Um, here's another one that, that, you, that you need to win. You need to focus on and then get to the exciting game against Ole Miss, which is going to come up uh, next weekend. So special teams, South Carolina has been really, really good. They blocked, I believe, three punts on the season so far. I've mentioned uh, the kicker and Parker White. They do the little things. Tennessee started off playing great special teams with Mike Eckler the first three games of the season. The last two, there's been a huge mishap. And you can't just say, oh, well, if the special teams get great, they just allowed that one touchdown. Doesn't matter. You allow one touchdown on kickoff, it's over. You get a failing grade for special teams all the all game long. Uh, that just can't happen. And so um, we'll see if the special teams for Tennessee can get back on track because it was a threat. I mean, it, it changed the game against Pittsburgh a couple of times. And once you get into the games against Ole Miss, 
against Georgia and Alabama and Kentucky coming up. You need your special teams to be back on track, and so we'll see if Tennessee uh, can get there. Uh, ben, not only is it a big game on the field for Tennessee, but obviously back home, you have three official visitors. We'll touch on this really, really quick. Just three officials, but a ton of guys will be on campus. Joshua Joseph kind of headlines the crowd there, as you saw in the war room. He's going to be here officially. You have Davison Ingbenson. I wrote a story on him when Tennessee offered him back in May. Uh, he decommitted from Rutgers. He's going to be officially visiting Tennessee this weekend. And then Tennessee offensive line commit Brian Grant will be here officially, but uh, been tons and tons of guys who will be officials or unofficials this week. They hope to have uh, the teammates of Dylan Smothers and James Pierce on campus again for the second time this year. You hope that Xavier McLeod will be on campus, a couple of 23s and 2024s, especially for the mid-state who were playing football, uh, who played football in Knoxville last night uh, from Lipscomb Academy. Uh, you hope to have the Herrings in town. Uh, should be a big weekend for Tennessee in terms of recruiting, which means we should have a ton of content on the website over the next couple of days. Absolutely. I, I want to go back and make a point real quick about the perception of Tennessee and South Carolina and Missouri kind of all being viewed in, in the same tier. And I think that this is a, a golden opportunity for Tennessee, despite it, its own warts to, to remind people that, hey, even though we've got our warts, like we're still above Missouri in South Carolina, because coming into the season, uh, a lot of the SEC media member narrative, a lot of the national narrative, they lumped Tennessee in with Missouri and South Carolina. And, and to be quite frank, there are some prominent SEC media members that had Missouri and South Carolina far ahead of Tennessee. Like, Anybody that had South Carolina in the offseason far ahead than Tennessee, that was just silly. Now, lumping see here i'll give an example maybe you're talking about me coming into the season after this offseason i lumped tennessee vanderbilt's and south carolina together yes i understand vanderbilt's horrible but it's like okay okay so may, maybe you lump south carolina vanderbilt's on a tier by itself okay sure i'll give you that but you lump tennessee and south carolina and missouri together because until you do something like who's how are you going to separate yourselves tennessee separated themselves from missouri last week Tennessee will separate themselves from South Carolina today, in my opinion. So coming into the season, I have no issue lumping those teams together. But um, having South Carolina significantly ahead of Tennessee this offseason, I'm like, I, I disagree with that for sure. Yeah, I definitely was not referring to you. I honestly did not even know you had that uh, opinion. Well, I was so just giving you an example. Congratulations for telling on yourself. Well, I don't care. I mean, I was just giving you an example of like maybe what they were thinking because, I mean, I was, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, but it, it was it was just – it was more so like – evaluating the talent on the roster. And when I sat down and I looked at Missouri's roster, South Carolina's roster, Tennessee's roster, I did not see a, a significant gap. And and here's the, the, the reason, the big reason why, Kaner, is media members love Eli Drinkwitz. Media members love Shane Beamer. They are media dreams. They're and both kind when, of annoying to me. Who's that? Both of those guys. I mean, I like them both. I, I like Shane Beamer, but I've kind of got this like little brother annoying vibe with him this season. And Eli Drinkwitz, I think, is a good coach. But in terms of offensive mind, I've just been so annoyed by his mouth, just con continuously running all offseason long. It's like, dude, shut up. So, <laughs> but yeah, I agree. They media does like both of them. Beamer's a coach's son. He gets it. He knows what to say. He knows how to go about it. Drinkwitz is going to give you a line. So uh, yeah, I understand. 
Yes, and they are media darlings. And Josh Heupel is not that. And there's nothing wrong no. with that. But Josh Heupel is not going to give you the, the quote that Shane Beamer did about Georgia having a bunch of five-star defensive linemen. So because they those two are media darlings, their team is going to be viewed more favorably. And with Josh Heupel, he just did not have that, that benefit uh, of the doubt. So I, I think that's kind of why you saw those, those teams lumped together. And I, I never saw it. Not that I thought Tennessee was going to be some world beater. Um, but I, I still think that even with, with Tennessee being in yet another rebuild and having its own war, like Tennessee is still further ahead than Missouri and South Carolina. And this is another opportunity like it did last week to reinforce that that is in fact true. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there. There will be a ton of, of unofficial visitors uh, this weekend and a lot that I am keeping an eye on. One, for example, is a 2022 athlete, Christian Harrison, the son of, of Rodney Harrison. Uh, Christian is committed to Liberty from, uh, from North Georgia. He, he's somebody uh, to keep an eye on. You've got Devin Hyatt, the, the younger brother of Jalen Hyatt, who is at IMG Academy. He'll be in this weekend. Uh, Jordan Thomas, a defensive back who is committed to Mississippi State, he'll be here. Uh, Tennessee views him as a, as a safety. And as we know, Tennessee needs DB help with some guys getting ready uh, to, to graduate. And there are a ton of, of young, young guys. You mentioned the Lipscomb Academy crew. They played Knoxville Catholic on, on Friday night. They'll make their way over to Neyland Stadium today. Uh, Caleb Beasley defensive back the the Spillman brothers who Edwin Spillman is a 2024 linebacker and his brother uh, Nate Spillman is is a 2023 uh, receiver so you've got those guys coming over a local product Brandon Hayward he's he's set to be on campus you've got some 2025 guys some guys who are freshmen in high school they are supposed to be here Uh, Ethan Utley AJ Wallace Chauncey Gooden uh, so we'll, we'll see how those guys uh, pan out. But uh, you, you've got a lot of youngsters making their way to campus. And I think that's a great sign for Tennessee because Tennessee's behind the eight ball when it comes to the current recruiting class based off a of win. Josh Heupel's staff took over the investigation, the on-field product, just not a lot of buzz around Tennessee until until the last week or so. Maybe Tennessee can continue to sustain some buzz and give them an opportunity with some guys that didn't give them any time of day when they first got here. But you're seeing a lot of 2023 and a lot of 2024 guys be interested in Tennessee, want to take visits to Tennessee. And, and you've seen, you've seen them sprinkle in for visits here over the first couple of weeks of of home games. But now this weekend, this is, this is a big recruiting weekend and Tennessee can make a statement. Yeah. And they need to, because it has been dead in terms of recruiting the last couple of weeks. I mean, I mean, you can't even hide it. Like you can't even pretend that it's not been, I mean, it, it has been so slow it, and it slows up a little bit during season because these guys are playing football. I get it. Tennessee's had two straight away games and have been able to host, you know, here on campus because of that. So I get it a little bit, but uh, yeah, to your point, it's going to be a big weekend for sure. And so looking forward to catch up with some of those guys and, and putting some stories out and some packages out about them. One more thing before we move on uh, here to, uh, some injuries and, and bowl predictions. I'll say this too. I, until last week, I mean, Tennessee and Missouri were on the same, same tier for me until last week. Cause it's like, you got to prove it. You know, it's like, it's like, what are you doing? But 
obviously Tennessee show that it's it's a better football team than Missouri last week. We will we ever see a beatdown like that again this year? I don't know, probably not to that extent. But uh, Tennessee's right. T- Tennessee again. I'll say to that extent. Who knows? I mean, I I really don't know. Yeah, I. W- as long as I cover the University of Tennessee, I will never see them run for 457 yards or whatever it was. I, I don't think well, that would be I, bad I, again. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. But Tennessee's going to blow out Vanderbilt. Yeah, and if, yeah, if, yeah. If they, don't, if they don't blow out Vanderbilt, then, then that, that's an issue. I mean, yeah, Tennessee will Tennessee will blow out Vanderbilt. Tennessee will blow out South Alabama. I'm just talking about they took Missouri behind the shed and just punched them in the face 20 times. I mean, they beat them like the little brother. I mean, that just is what it is. I, I, I don't Got know if we'll fire. see that again. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Eli Drinkwood saying, "Hey, it's not time to point the finger, but hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna point in my <laughs> defensive line coach and get him canned." Um, la- last couple of things, I mentioned some injuries earlier. Of course, not expecting Cooper Mays, Kingston Harris, uh, Jabari Small, Jalen Wright, Lenith Whitehead have been held up in practice a little bit this week. Expect those uh, feel feel decent about those guys getting an opportunity to play. Um, there's a lot of guys on the defensive side of the football, Ben, um, that have been banged up or limited some this week in practice. Of course, Trayvon Flowers didn't play in that football game. Juwan Mitchell didn't play in that football game, of course. Theo Jackson left early. Christian Charles left early. Danico Slaughter's been slowed up a little bit this week in practice. Elijah Simmons didn't play in that football game. Um, Tennessee overall, and and again, this is it's part of building depth, but you just it shows you the the concerns you have depth wise. Tennessee is very much beat up right now. No one's 100%, but Tennessee, uh, a, a goal for the, the number two goal for today, obviously get the dub. It's try to try to come out as healthy as you can because the balls are very thin in some spots. Yeah, that, that's honestly my biggest concern with this football game because at, at some point the injuries are, are going to catch up to you, uh, and you just hope it's it's not this this weekend because this is a game you have to win. It's not a a must win by definition, but it's a game that that you really got to have because not only does this secure six wins, in my opinion, because you'll go on to beat South Alabama and Vanderbilt, but also if if you win this game, you'll have a chance at at seven wins because I I think, and who knows, maybe even eight wins, and maybe I'm getting too far out in front of my skis right now, but uh, if if you win this one, you got six. I think that they can split. Ole Miss, Kentucky, that gives you seven. And and if you end the regular season with seven, you go to a bowl game with the potential to win an eighth. Uh, so I, I think this is a game that, that Tennessee's got to have, and uh, that that is something that that honestly is my biggest concern about this football game is the injuries. There, there's so many at so many positions. I mean, three at defensive back that you just mentioned. Uh, your, your perceived starting middle linebacker coming into the season, he's not going to be playing. Uh, you're, you're kind of banged up along the defensive line. Uh, offensive line, you're very banged up. You're really banged up at running back. You mentioned the three that are banged up there. Uh, so at some point, it's going to catch up to Tennessee if these guys can't get back and get going. Um, and maybe they're nagging injuries. Maybe they're not as serious as, as we think that they are. Maybe they're just nagging and, and they are manageable, which is a completely different way to look at them. We just don't know. But at some point, you hope it doesn't catch up, uh, and particularly this weekend. So that's honestly my biggest concern about this football game is is those those injuries, you know, just piling up and not having enough guys to get the job done. Quite frankly, bold prediction time. I'll kick things off. Hey, so South Carolina has returned three touchdowns for excuse me, three interceptions for touchdowns this year. How about Tennessee getting a pick six tomorrow? Okay, let's go. 
Tennessee, pick six. Give me Warren Burrell, 69 nice yards to the end zone. A pick six to get Tennessee on the board. No, it's not going to be good. It gets Tennessee back on the board again. It'll be it'll be later on in the game. Uh, but yeah, pick six, Warren Burrell. That is my bold prediction. Uh, South Carolina plays very aggressive on the back end. Something we haven't even mentioned yet. We'll talk about that defense. For as bad as they are in certain spots, 14 takeaways amongst the leader in the nation and in the SEC. Very aggressive in the back end. And so uh, allow Tennessee to try to match that tempo, match that play. Give me the volunteers a pick six in this football game. I'm just going to go ahead and claim victory over my bold prediction last week. I, I predicted my bold prediction last week was that Jabari Small and Tyon Evans would both rush for 100 yards in that football game. Tyon Evans got 100, and I'm going to claim victory because Jabari Small would have rushed for 100 had he stayed healthy. So I'm, I'm claiming victory last week. Uh, whether you like it or not. But this week, I'm going with Hendon Hooker. I, I think he has a massive football game. I, I think he throws for over 250, and I think he think he rushes for 100. And, and I'll say four total touchdowns. I don't, I don't know how it looks. Maybe it's two passing, two rushing, three passing, one rushing, three rushing, one passing. I don't know. But I'll say 250 through the air, 100 on the ground, four touchdowns, Zero turnovers and Hendon Hooker wins SEC Player of the Week. I like it, Hendon Hooker. He's uh, he's totaled four total touchdowns, what twice already this year. Um, mm-hmm. that ties a career high from back at Virginia Tech. So he's been he's been good, man. I mean, he has been he has been really good. Alex Golish again this week praising Hendon Hooker, saying that you know exactly what you're going to get in Hendon Hooker. His highs are not so high. His lows are not too lows. He's steady Eddie. His demeanor is exactly what you want in a quarterback. And when you know what you're going to get in a quarterback, it allows you to open some things up and to be, uh, you know, it just, it just helps your coaches essentially is what he said. So, uh, Hendon Hooker has has been been really solid for Tennessee this year. Uh, what's been really solid for this podcast has been Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store, focusing on natural products, organic remedies to a variety of ailments. Visiting one of the four locations, you can do that today in Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, or the newest location in Knoxville, eight zero one eight Kingston Pike, across from the Traders Joe. Smoky Mountain Organics features the best brands and CBD products, bath and body care items, organic teas, and had the largest selection of plant therapy essential oils in Tennessee, plus many more items. And if you go to one of their four in-store locations, again, Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, and Knoxville, you mentioned VolQuest. They're going to give you 15% off your total purchase price. Again, if you mentioned VolQuest at in-store purchases only. Smoky Mountain Organics, big shout-out to them, a big proud sponsor of here of this GameQuest podcast. All right, Ben, it's that time of the day, man. Let's start heading on over to Neyland Stadium. Got tons and tons of stuff coming up. Of course, game coverage. We got the thread, uh, the in-game thread that we'll be doing, two-minute drills, tons of uh, you know quick takeaways after the game, video, audio, uh, recruiting uh, coverage, all that and more. Going to be a fun one, and uh, I, I fully expect Tennessee to win this football game, win the SEC opener at home, and for the Volunteers to improve to 4-2 and two on the year and 2-1 and one in the SEC. Absolutely. We'll have plenty of coverage. Like you mentioned, should be a, a fun, fun day at Neyland. You only get a couple of years. So I would encourage those to go that are going to to enjoy it. Excited to see Al Wilson honored. That'll be really cool. And uh, those black jerseys, man, they, they are going to look really cool. And how awesome would it be for Tennessee to have a bunch of highlights like it did against Missouri? So you can see all those black jerseys on highlight packages 
everywhere on the SEC Network, ESPN, recruits watching, tweeting them out on social media. Should be a, a big day for Tennessee and a fun day. That would be hashtag fire emoji, as the kids would put it there, for sure. All right, for Ben McKee, uh, I am Eric Kane. This has been Game Quest, your South Carolina edition. You've been listening to Game Quest, a VolQuest pregame podcast with Ben McKee and Eric Kane. Stay dialed in to VolQuest.com for complete game day coverage. This has been Game Quest, a VolQuest production. <laughs>